Nobody disputes that Madison City Council members work hard, but a proposal that could wind up on the spring election ballot would dramatically increase the pay for council members from $13,570 a year to $67,950. That's a five-fold increase. Council members would move from part-time to full-time. We'd go from 20 council members down to 10, and the terms would increase from two to four years. The big part of the proposal is to sort of turn the city council into a professional politicians with a full-time job, as opposed to currently, it's partially public service and it's for people that can afford to spend a lot of time doing city council work and not getting paid a lot of money for it. And we're going to talk about the pros and cons on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more full-time half. The half-time full or the full-time half? Is the city council half full or half empty? I think they're half empty. <laughs> This is great to be talking about local Madison city politics because, one, we're not talking about the coronavirus, which is awesome. And two, we're not talking about the orange man in the White House, which is awesome. So kudos to you on picking this great topic. Uh, Spoiler alert, Phil, I am going to bring up the coronavirus briefly during this podcast. You know, we were so close, Scott. So close. (laughs) This could be on the spring ballot as a referendum A couple pieces voters would have to sign off on, not the full-time part, but if they're going to reduce the size of the city council, the public has to agree on that in a binding referendum. Same goes for increasing the terms from two years to four years. If they were going to reduce the number of council members from 20 to 10, they wanted to do that at the same time that they were redistricting. Uh, Phil, I don't know whether you should pat me on the head or shoot me in the head, but I've listened to five or six hours of city meetings about this topic in the last couple days. Yeah, that sounds um, agonizing. Is it might be the, the the right word for that? God bless you, Scott, because 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 Lord knows I didn't do that. Well, and unlike city council members, I assume I admit to having a couple alcoholic beverages at night while I was listening and washing the dishes. I think at one point. I don't I don't know, Scott, because you know the, all the all the city council meetings are done digitally nowadays via Zoom, and they're, they're using some pretty salty language apparently. So. Who knows what they're saucing up ahead of time? The other thing that we have to remember is that's just one tiny little piece of what city council members have to do. They go to a slew of meetings. It's just too many to count. The thing that everybody seems to agree on and which the State Journal editorial board opined on years ago, which is we have way too many committees, boards, and commissions in this city. We have more than 100 of these Most cities have less than half of that. And in fact, there was a funny moment at one of the city meetings where one of the lead task force members admitted that they think there are 102 boards, commissions, and committees created by the city council, but they're not really sure. (laughs) There could be a few more. They could be missing a few. Everybody seems to agree, and I think this is the bright spot. So this task force, no matter what happens, I sure hope some of their recommendations are going to be implemented, starting with, we don't need an army of 700-some council members and city residents serving on more than 100 boards, 
commissions and committees. I know it's the Madison way to talk about things endlessly, but that really needs to be reined in. Yeah, absolutely. Because, it, I mean, all of those meetings make the job of being a city councilor really hard. It's a lot of commitment for people. And, you know, I don't think it's all necessary. Not only that, but a lot of times city council members can't show up because they've got a conflict with some other meeting involving city business. And often city staff are assigned to attend these boards, commissions, and committee meetings. And one of the complaints from staff is sometimes they show up. And remember, we, the taxpayers, are paying them to staff all these meetings. They show up and then there's not a quorum because not enough people could show up. So we waste money sending them to go there. So I think that's one big thing that's going to come out of this Another really key point to this that a lot of people have stressed, and I apologize, Phil, here I go, with the coronavirus, oh, geez. we have all learned to do Zoom calls so that we don't spread the virus and the pandemic doesn't uh, get out of control, although it sort of is right now. You and I are meeting by a Zoom call right now. The city council has yeah. been meeting by Zoom calls for months now. And what have they learned about this? Even the biggest Luddites among us can figure out how to do this. And it's made the job actually of being a city council member a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Because you don't have to drive downtown, find parking, sit in a chair for hours. You can just do this from your living room and still maybe go check on your kids or something like that. And what the city council has found also is that public involvement has increased, lo and behold. If you don't have to drive downtown and find parking and sit for four hours till they bring up the one item you care about, which is sidewalks in front of your street or something like that. Yeah. So what they're finding is that oftentimes 100 people or so are coming in and saying what they want at the meeting from the comfort of their home, and it's increased engagement. Which we would think in Madison would be a very good thing. Absolutely, and it's improved efficiency. And the other thing that it's done, which in Madison nobody wants to acknowledge, but I think is a great thing, is the loudmouths who show up and want to shut down a meeting by protesting and taking over the stage of, say, the school board and stopping a meeting from happening, and stopping other people from speaking, which I find offensive, this whole Zoom scenario has shut down the people trying to shut down the meetings because you can mute them, you can give them their time and let them have their say, but they don't get to hack into the system and shut the meeting down the way that essentially they could have done in person. So actually, I'm already starting to get to why I don't like going to a full-time city council because I think if they reduce the number of commitments that city council members have and continue to make their jobs more efficient, that's more the way to go. But let's run down why people want to do this. And I've got a few clips from some of the city officials on this. We heard from people in the community who said we can't run for council because we can't afford it. We don't have the time. Um, you know, we, we have to have a full-time job to support our families. Um, there's no way that we could do that job, take care of our families for a part-time salary. I don't think there's any way we can have a more effective council if we don't, if we don't have people that have the resources and the time to do it. That was Alderman Grant Foster, my, my alderman over in District 15 on the east side. Folks, this is a full-time job. I'm just telling you. 
at least at least the district which I represent, it is a full-time job. By any means, it's not a part-time job. That was Alderman Syed Abbas from District 12 up on the north side. For starters, one thing that was loud and clear is that they think that city council members, a lot of them now, do work full-time, so let's pay them full-time. Uh, I get that, but there are members like... Marsha Rummel, who say, hey, I've got a full-time job. Yeah, I sort of think working as a full-time city council member takes a lot of time, but I can do it. And uh, she wasn't convinced that we should pay people full-time and suggest that people can't do both. She's been doing it for more than a decade. I I want you to think about what is it, like drill down to this definition of full-time. Does that mean that you're available during the day versus on the night and weekends? And then if that's what you mean, then do you think you that's where you're going to have better engagement with, you know, constituents and all the other stakeholders is because you're going to do that during the day when you couldn't before? Because I think that's an assumption that other people don't. I mean, sure, the people with money who want stuff from the city will meet you whenever you freaking want to meet with them. The people who with land use applications, you know, all those people, they'll meet with you. But you can't just guarantee that everyone that you'd like to do outreach to will be available during the day because they might have a daytime job. The other thing, of course, was equity when it comes to people of color and poor people. The idea that if you're poor and a disproportionate number of people who are poor or of color, that, well, they can't run for city council now because they can't afford to. They have a full-time job and they're working hard. And if we offered a full-time pay, maybe they could run and get the job. I mean, that's concern, although I will say that the Madison City Council is remarkably more diverse than the city of Madison itself is. You said, what, there are seven or eight people of color on the city council? Yeah, until uh, Donna Moreland stepped down recently to take a job in Tony Evers' cabinet, it was eight members of the city council out of 20. That's 40% of the city council. In a city that is still 80% white. If anything, people of color are over represented on the city council. So I'm not so sure there's a problem here. I think when you start to talk about poor people can't run for the city council, you can't afford time off from your job or you're working two jobs. Well, how are you ever going to raise the kind of money that you're going to need to run as a professional politician to actually win the seat? That's what they seem to ignore. One of the things that has not been acknowledged with this whole commission is that right now with 20 city council people, just about anybody can get enough signatures and raise enough money to run a competitive race for city council. You don't have to be a super fundraiser. You don't have to be super organized. It really allows citizens to run for office and serve their constituents. But if you professionalize this, it's going to turn into big, we're going to have big money campaigns and there are going to be organizations running for city council and it's going to, it's going to be a much higher stakes elections than they currently are. And it's going to be harder for people of low income and maybe minorities to put that sort of organization together. Alderman Christian Alburas made a good point on this. He said he's from Milwaukee originally. Milwaukee has a full-time city council. And he said coming to Madison was a breath of fresh air. Are we going to create a model where there would be career politicians? Um, And that that is definitely concerning because I grew up in Milwaukee. I came here from there. And I think that one of the refreshing things about Madison was that we are sort of in community with the residents that we serve. Many of us work full time and we have that sort of day-to-day struggle and we have 
that experience. And so we have a very human connection, a human element to the residents that we advocate on behalf of. Um, so I think that that's something that's really unique and that's that can be a very special thing. But I do think that, yes, we need to talk about the issues of access and equity and how some of the recommendations in here can can really create a focal point for us moving forward ahead. But I think that transitioning to that full time still gives me pause for concern. By the way, Milwaukee has had corruption and council members being charged with crimes, which is not something we've had here in Madison. And he said it was just a breath of fresh air to be able to come to a city where you can essentially go out and knock on the doors of your neighbors and get elected to the city council, as opposed to having to raise tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, do we really think if we're going to turn these races into raising money from special interests, whether it's the unions or developers in Madison, that that's somehow going to make our council more diverse? I don't think so. I think you're going to have the well-connected political people who tend to be white professionals even more likely to be serving on the city council. I would bet we'll go down from 40% people of color, not increase. The way the city council operates now, and we, and you, know, you and I get to get the privilege of sitting in on some of these city council, and, uh, you know, when uh, elections come around, we meet with city council uh, candidates, and they're always fun to talk to. But, you know, the... The, I would say the path forward through most of these people is like they serve on a neighborhood board. You know, they you know, they're very involved in their community and that's how they get elected to city council. They don't they're not there raising money, they're not connected to the power players of politics. It's because they're involved in their community is how they get elected. And we want that, right? These city council members under this proposal would be making more than state lawmakers. And how does Madison think the state lawmakers are doing in terms of responding to their constituents? Not very well. One of the counters to complaints that we don't want to turn people into professional politicians is the task force says, well, we wouldn't because we've also recommended limiting city council members to three four-year terms. So council members, if they got elected and had this full-time gig at $68,000 a year plus benefits plus staff, plus an office, this is going to get expensive, by the way, that they could only go for 12 years, quote unquote, only. I still think that's a long time. And the other thing is, I don't know that there's any guarantee that that term limits are going to be on the actual ballot if they push this to the spring election. If that goes to the spring election, I will definitely want to make sure that's in the wording because that's their counter to this. And I could see that slipping off because some of them would just want to keep serving in that job. That's the thing is all of these city council members we know right now are incredibly dedicated to their constituents and this job. Why else would they be doing it? They're not getting paid much. It's a public service they're doing. They're actual true public servants. If we go to a full-time gig, well, now, if you don't win re-election, and this is the way it is with state lawmakers, it's not just that you're not providing public service. It's that, hey, my paycheck just went away. I'm going to have to go get a job if I lose this election. That's a lot more personal reasons for wanting to win election than public reasons. Growing up in Detroit, where we did have a full-time professional city council, I remember one anecdote of a, somebody who was involved in city government uh, said kind of behind the back of the city council that the nine people on the, on the Detroit city council who are all making six-figure salaries, this is the best job they could ever get. 
They're not qualified to do anything better than that, and they're all they're all really you know set on keeping that cushy full time city council job at all costs. We don't want that in Madison, I don't think. Now the number would drop from twenty council members to ten. That's still being debated. There were some people who didn't want to drop it that far. So I'm not sure that's locked in. But I think the thought there was then it would cost less because it seemed clear to me listening to the debate that a lot of council members said, we're going to need more staff if we're going to be full time and serve twice as many constituents. Now, another good idea that came out of this task force was creating some sort of 311 number, a number where anybody with a concern about a city issue could call this sort of hotline and get some help from a staff member who's not a city council member. And one of the ideas is to create what they're calling a uh, office of resident engagement and neighborhood support. It's a big bureaucratic long name, but It sounds like the idea is, and this sounds like a pretty good idea, that you'd publicize this. And then a lot of people who are like where sometimes they get calls about, hey, somebody is defecating in a trash can in our neighborhood. It happens in my neighborhood. Who do they call about that? They call their alder person. And that a lot of calls about that or about trash pickup or about a light is out on my street, they could just call this clearinghouse with some staff and it could be taken care of. And the idea is that this would insulate some of these city council members from just sort of being the customer service office of the city, which I don't think we want them to do. It's not like they're the Secretary of State of Wisconsin, Doug LaFollette, who does customer service. You know, they, these people actually have real responsibilities and jobs to do. That's right. How many paid staff work for city council? They bumped that up a little where there are a couple paid staff, but it's not like each council member has his or her own executive assistant. And it sounds like that's the way this would go. I think a good compromise here, which is would be to hire more city council bureaucratic staff to do some of the work that the city council is currently doing. Sort of career civil servants doing some of the the grunt work of city council work and leave and leave the leave the city councilors to do the more specialized work they expect representatives to do. Well, that's what they're talking about, that that in all likelihood, if we had a full-time city council, those 10 members would have a staff of at least one person, maybe two, maybe more, and they'd probably need an office to put that staff in. And all those people would need salaries. So we're talking about millions of dollars here. One interesting effect, or I think concerning effect, of going from 20 to 10 seats is that what you will probably do, and the UW-Madison city council member brought this up, is we're not going to have a UW-Madison student on the city council member anymore. Even though there's 40-some thousand students in this city, right now there's a seat that's basically a UW seat on the city council. And a lot of council members said, you know, it's really nice to get that student, student perspective. They're a big part of our city. If you turn this into a full-time job, A, That's going to be a lot harder for a full-time student to do a full-time job. And then B, it's going to be a lot harder for a student to win a district that's half neighborhood residents because neighborhood residents vote in 
much higher numbers than UW students. So you're basically going to be removing a UW student from the city council. That student position has been a launching pad for a lot of political careers over the years. I mean, that was what Paul Soglin, that was his foray into politics was being the student representative on the city council. And I think I, I think it's great that there's always that perspective on council. It would be a real shame to lose that. And we definitely would lose that. I mean, it's not racial diversity, but it's 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 experience, life experience and, and age diversity. And it could be racial diversity as, as UW-Madison becomes more diverse. And it's worth noting, I ran in the newspaper a few weeks ago, an editorial from the Wisconsin State Journal 50 years ago. So in 1970, they were talking about turning the city council into a full-time council, and we were opposed to it then. Now, Madison was a much different city and much smaller than it is now. Maybe it does make sense when we become a metropolis. I just don't think we're there yet, and I think the citizen servants is much better model for today's Madison than professional politicians. And I like a strong mayor. I think most city council members, once you get on the city council, you don't like a strong mayor. You like a strong city council. Uh, But then Satya Rhodes-Conway, she was on the city council. I'm pretty sure now that she's mayor, she likes a strong mayor. It's just easier to get things done in a city where it's really difficult to get things done. Now, Phil, before we end this podcast, I I think we have some explaining to do, especially for the city bureaucrats and the city council members. They're going to have no idea what we're talking about. And the reason for that is we haven't said the word or acronym TFOX. This is all about TFOGS, Phil. Really? T-T-Fox? TFOGS. T-F-O-G-S. As everybody knows, Phil, this is the Task Force on Government Structures. Wow. As I was listening to five or six hours of two city meetings on this, it took about two hours before I was like, what the hell is this T-Fox? Everybody kept talking about T-Fox. And I was like, what is that? It took a couple hours for a regular person, even a well-informed newspaper editor, to understand what the acronym was. And then, by the time I figure that out, they start talking about the BCCs. The BCCs. The BCCs. And I was like, do you know what the BCCs are, Phil? Is that a band from the 1980s? It sounds like a minor league soccer team. The BCCs, of course, as everyone knows is boards, committees, and commissions. Wow, okay. So now you can speak a little bureaucrat with the rest of us. So just to be clear, Scott, the TFOGS wants to limit the number of BCCs to less than 100, right? Yes, see, now you're getting it. Yes, you got it. I could work on city council, man. I can speak acronym. 